Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of The Sister Element. I'm Heather. I'm Becky. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest, our very first guest. Her name is Urmi, and she is such an amazing woman. She volunteers for an organization called Women in Leadership Foundation. It is a Canadian-based foundation. It is such a great place. We'll put the information in the show notes. So I did the interview with Urmi. Heather, unfortunately, was not able to make it. Their schedules didn't match. Didn't align. Yeah. Yeah. And we really wanted to have her on the show. So I went ahead and did the interview on my own. And I had such a great time talking to her. She is just so fun and just has so much knowledge she's just so empowering to women. It's it's just so impactful. I'll let you listen to the interview. I, I really think that you guys are going to like it. She's an amazing person. So here it is. All right. So my name is uh, Urmi. I'm located in Montreal. I'm a full-time employee in the financial sector. And besides working in the financial sector, I'm also a speaker, so a published author, mentor, and an advocate for women's empowerment. I'm currently the social media lead for um, an organization called Women in Leadership. And I've been part of this organization for more than six months. And we do a lot of work related to feminism and women's empowerment and women in leadership position. And uh, in my free time, I like to do a lot of reading. I like to read fiction and nonfiction. And I also do boxing. Oh, that's exciting. I've never done boxing before. I'm a little nervous. You're missing out. You're missing out. (laughs) <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to find a class or something in my area and try it out. <laughs> it seems intimidating. Yeah, but it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Okay. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us your journey? Like, how did you get to where you are? How did you get into finance and get into the Women in Leadership Foundation? Okay, so um, when it comes to finance, actually, it was never in my mind. I never wanted, like, it never crossed my mind to study finance. I was actually enrolled in, into a different program, which was still um, under the umbrella of business. But then after taking a few classes in finance, I think it was just a love at first sight because I just enjoyed so much all my finance classes. I enjoyed listening to my professor. I enjoyed taking the, the, the exams. Like, it was it was so much fun. Honestly, my university time was so much fun. And then after I started to work in finance and I've been in the industry for more than seven years and I continued study like my learning it did not stop with the whole university and education system like university finished and it was for me like an opportunity to still learn so I continued studying and I continued to knowledge my uh, my knowledge about finance and I just finished a certification in finance which was a very big accomplishment for myself as a woman in finance and then um, I uh, I started also to reflect a little bit about ways to to give back and one way was of course through volunteering like I did I think I always had this um, this thing, like I would say, I always had this uh, willpower to give back. And so before the lockdowns, I used to volunteer very often. I used to volunteer in person for different organizations, uh, like children's hospital or maybe for like a um, friendly visit to elderly people. I would do that. But then I would say that after I started to reflect a little bit more 
about my purpose and what I wanted to do. And the one focus and one shift was towards women's empowerment. And so um, and before joining Women in Leadership, I used to do things here and there for different organizations, but I did not have an actual function. And so because I did not have an actual function, I feel like I wasn't directly involved with the organization. And so then Women in Leadership came across and they said, oh, we were looking for a social media lead. And I was like, you know what, let me just try. And so I tried and uh, they they said they needed someone they liked my profile i i was very honest that i said no i don't have any social media experience besides the things that i do but i'm willing to learn because this is something that i i need to learn for my also for myself and then um i joined this organization so far it has been incredible like i met a group of other people who are running the, the organization for the victoria chapter because i live in montreal but i volunteer virtually for the victoria chapter and the woman in this like group the where we volunteer together they're so like empowering and oh, it's wow. like yeah it's very empowering i look at them they're like bold uh it's sort of like a sisterhood you know they're supporting each other i look at them they're like like i want to say this word but i don't know even even if i can say it on the podcast oh you can say whatever you want i was gonna be bad asses <laughs> oh That's yeah what I wanted to say because <laughs> um, especially one of the person I work with I see her like I follow her on Instagram and every time I look at her I'm like oh, you're such a badass I, honestly she's such <laughs> a badass so like I feel very much inspired with the woman that I I volunteer with and then of course we serve like everyone in, in the Victoria chapter but the organization is actually spread like throughout Canada, there are seven chapters in total. And it's it's such a beautiful like experience, even the whole like networking and being around with like a sisterhood of like other women. It's very, very nice. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Like I would love to work with a group of women that are so empowering and just, I mean, badasses, like you say, like that would be so amazing. I've worked with with some women in the past that there are a couple of women that I would say that are like empowering and badass like that, but not a large group of women that that's just their goal. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I can say another thing as well. I think I was very much inspired or motivated to join something like that because there was a podcast I listened to, which was called The Boss Babe. And it's basically a female entrepreneurship uh, podcast and they have actual like courses. And I joined one of the calls they had and there was like a bunch of women in this call and they were like, all super like pumped and motivated to be entrepreneurs you know there was that on its own was so empowering that i was like you know what i want to do this i want to continue doing this and so then afterwards i found women in leadership so it was it just worked out uh, really well it sounds like it just like opened all kinds of doors for you it did it did it did because i feel like now at least i stand up for something and so when people see me, they know, okay, this is what she 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 advocates for. I'm associated with women in leadership, you know, it's like it's women and leadership all together. So I like what I'm representing. So it, it just shows a little bit about who I am as a person. That's like, yeah. I So when I, honestly, when I read like a little bit about you on the Women in Leadership Foundation website, I was, I told Heather, I was like, even if she doesn't come on our podcast, like I want to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was like she sounds awesome and then we weren't sure like if you lived in montreal or if you lived in victoria and heather lives like a ferry ride away from victoria in the united states so like 
we're like, we could just go over there. It's like a two hour ferry. Like we could just take a boat over. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I don't live there. I never visited Victoria, so I don't know. <laughs> oh well, if you ever do, like we'll just hop on a ferry and meet you over there and we'll just hang out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we are talking about Victoria and that you volunteer for the Women in Leadership Foundation chapter in Victoria, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what they do as a foundation, as an organization and what their purpose is. I mean, I've read about it and I think it's amazing, but for all the listeners sake, let's talk about it. I'm excited. Yeah. So basically it doesn't just apply for the Victoria chapter, but it just applies for the whole organization on its own. We all work for this one purpose, which is to provide professional expertise to women in the workplace. So that's the goal of women, women in leadership. And it's been around for more than 20 years. I think it was founded in 2011, uh, sorry, 2001, actually. And basically what we do throughout the year is that we have webinars, we have workshop, we have virtual events, we have in-person events, and they're all about like networking with our other women, bringing coaches during this workshop, having like we also have the women national women in leadership day which falls at the end of uh, may and basically it's like really just a connection and sharing the knowledge to these women who want to you know grow professionally in the workplace that's what we do um on a yearly basis and we have like events throughout the year we also have an, a program coming up in a couple of weeks actually in two weeks which is the leadership development program so women can sign up to this program it's uh it's for a several weeks and you get to have all this like expertise that you need in order to be a leader in the workplace so that's what we do because uh, I think our goal is to have you know 50% of the population to be like to have leader women as leaders because now we see a little bit of you know disparity and yeah. so that's the that's the main goal oh that's I think that's a really good goal to have I mean as a woman being in like a, a standard office workplace and not seeing very many women it sometimes can be disparaging or in the sense that like women are kind of put into specific roles instead of being lifted up into like leadership positions. Um, So I think that's amazing. Like just a great organization and, and stance to take, which I'm all for. Yeah. I, I I love the organization. I'm happy. I'm happy to be there. It's I mean, it sounds amazing. I will take a I know that there are some like in the United States and this is a a Canada based foundation. I know there are some in the US and I'll have to take a look. Are do you know of any like partnerships that this foundation has with any organizations in the US or other countries? I don't want to limit it to just Canada and the US. I don't know if they have anything with other countries. Uh, I know it's heavily focused in Canada and we do partner with like Canadian companies to bring changes. And I don't know if we have anything in the States. Like so far I haven't, I'm not aware of anything with any partnership with the United States. I know everything has been more like in-house based and uh, we just do a lot of partnership with like local companies so that we can you know bring this forward. That's okay. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Even if it's just, you know, partnerships within Canada, like that's amazing, I think. Yes. So I will say that when I was reading some of the information on there, one of the things that really stood out to me was the bridge to gender equality 
study that was done or a survey. And like the infographic that's on the website really stood out to me. And it was, it resonated a lot with me because I have experienced a lot of negative times in my life working in a professional office setting. But I, I have uh, some questions for you that I don't know if like maybe you have experience like personally or maybe this is something that some of your fellow women in this organization, this foundation have also experienced or maybe in this survey if you know of any anyone that has um, expressed this. So I'm curious and how often have the participants in the survey or maybe employees that of various companies, have they expressed that maybe women like female managers or supervisors or the women that are in these positions of leadership, have they ever discussed or even in this survey talked about those women being potentially like the issue? Like they talked about women in that survey, the infographic on the website, it talks about that 50% or something like that said that they were uh, felt unsafe in the workplace. Has that ever been like due to a female person, like a woman in a position of leadership? So I don't have access to all the results. Actually, Mm -hmm. I don't have access to the results of the survey. So I personally wouldn't know because I know what the bridge, uh, like I know what this uh, project is trying to do is that, you know, they're trying to get all the results from the survey and they want to partner up with organizations and actually implement policies with HR based on whatever they collected. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't know if there was any kind of those things and it never happened to me, luckily, to have any sort of like, you know, negative experience. So I I don't know, honestly. I actually don't know. That's fine. I just, (laughs) I asked that question because I have. And so I'm like, I wonder if this is one of the results that they have from their study that they've done. Is this a result of that? And I'm just thinking like, I wonder, because it seems like, I don't know about places that you've worked, but places that I've worked and I talked with Heather about this a little bit the other day was we have both experienced where, and not just personally experienced, but also have witnessed and heard other people tell us stories about when women are in leadership positions. It seems like to an extent there's, in our experiences, we'll go with first, that there's quote unquote, only so much room at the top for women. And so they, instead of helping other women come up, they stand on the backs of the women below them to keep them down. And so in my last job, because I quit my job because my regular office job, because it was so toxic. And it was because of my female manager that was making it toxic. I would have quit if it was a male manager. If anybody was making the environment toxic, I would have quit. But I quit that job because of that. It was just an observation that I made along the way that anytime someone under her tried to, you know, move up into a leadership role, she would always tear them down. So I was just curious if that if that's addressed, if at least that you're aware of. Yeah, I'm not aware of, but it was also 
like whatever you just said, it doesn't surprise me. Um, Which is really sad to say. It is. It is because I think, and that's the thing that we're trying to do at Women in Leadership is that we want each woman to support another woman and we don't want them to like stab them on the back. But it can happen. And I feel like it does happen a lot in the workplace, you know, because it is a little bit of jealousy, envy and once someone is right up there, they just want to stay there. They don't want other people to, you know, to be recognized, especially if it's another woman. So I'm not surprised of what you have just said. I have seen it as well in other workplaces. And, and that's the thing about women manager and men manager. I feel like also there is this whole issue that women being managers, sometimes I feel like they just have to work twice as hard to show that they are qualified for it, you know, because otherwise they are not taken seriously. And I've seen it and which is also sad. And I don't know if, and also like I work with a lot of women uh, leaders and, and also sometimes I'm not sure if it's better to have men as a leader or not because I'm, because you think as a woman, like the other women would understand what you go through and how hard it is to like climb the ladder. But sometimes I feel like it's not as easy. So I feel I feel like it depends on who you have as a manager, uh, yeah. regardless of the of the gender. But I know women can be can can stab you on your back and can be mean at some point. That's some some other times. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that said, what in your opinion, what are ways that we can kind of circumvent that? How can we combat that and say, like, you know, as a woman, maybe if you are in a leadership role, how can you it maybe they're doing it unknowingly? How can you kind of check in with yourself to say, hey, am I making sure that I am recognizing employees or helping those employees, particularly, I don't want to say like you should recognize female employees more than male employees or, you know, any one over the other, just recognize them, but not tear someone down unknowingly because they might be a woman versus a man. Right. Right. So I do believe a lot in the power of mentoring. I do really like that whole concept uh, of, you know, every leader should be a mentor for other people. And I think to also come back this, you you need to have like open communications with your employees and also understand where they see themselves going and maybe like develop a career plan for them. You know, if they're willing to to have a career plan to encourage them to sign up for like workshop or classes to continue, you know, learning. I think this is one way that you can um, start doing that. But also, especially for women, I think to be flexible enough to to be willing to take the requests that come from other women. Because I feel like that's the thing. You want a woman a leader because you think that they will understand that the issue the issues another woman go through, goes through, mm-hmm. you know, because some of the things that we go through, men don't go through those things. So I think you also want to be like willing to listen and willing to accept and willing to cooperate to accept the request that comes from um, from another woman, whether she wants to, I don't know, like work on a promotion, uh, whether she wants to like let her leave early because she has other obligation. I think you have to be open to accept that without penalizing them for the choices they they make. Yeah, and definitely, I think I think also to really understand their their career goals, like where they see themselves going, how you can how you can help them out 
uh, in the future because i feel like at some point i think women they just decide to like leave their the career or something new because they don't feel supported enough and that's yeah. a pity. that's a I, yeah i can 100 agree with that i have probably gone through like in the last 10 years two or three career paths because one it was just a, a lot of different reasons but mostly because like i worked in one place and there was a lot of toxic well i will just say that the the location that i worked at i've experienced and i've spoken with a lot of different people that have different walks of life both men and women that say that that location is a very uh toxic location to work so it wasn't just like the work that i was working on the team that i was working on it's that i mean we're talking like ten thousand people that work there and many, many people have talked about it being a very toxic place to work. So that that would need to like change from a very, very high level down that most people don't even have access to talk to those people at the top of the chain. <clears throat> right. And if I could add something about it, because I also had the situation where I worked in a toxic environment and basically my boss was a female but her boss was a male mm -hmm. a, ma a, ma a man so i feel like sometimes she would not she would not um stand up for me because her boss was was a man and so again like why do i even have you as a as my manager if you're not standing up for me you know yeah. and then i had to do it on my own and like to like address my issues jumping above her and go to him directly but it shouldn't be that way you know it should be a collaboration yeah so I've had a, you know, most recent, my most recent position, which I quit four years ago. So it's not where three, no, what year is 2023? I quit in 2021. So I started having issues like a lot four years ago. And then in April of 2021, we were still like, everyone was working from home still. And I just, there was so much negativity, even just from working from home with that particular group that I was just, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I quit my job and I eventually like opened my own business and I am self-employed at this point. Cause I was like, I don't want to work in an office anymore because most of my experiences have been negative. Yeah. So I think, I think what you guys are doing is a really good way to at least a starting point you know to try to bridge that gap you know yeah exactly and the, and that's the thing i think um because i i work with a lot of women and a lot of the managers were women but uh, i feel because their managers were men they would never like speak up and advocate for the employees who are women like i would see the women managers working until 8 p.m and they would start at 8 a.m and i'm like but you don't have to do that to yourself and again they were trying to prove something to their bosses who are men and i think it goes back to the whole issue that men are making the rule and they don't understand from our perspective but i think sometimes women don't feel confident enough to really speak out speak up about this week to their bosses and then we eventually get the we suffer from this uh, from these decisions yeah i really i mean i i've experienced that too and i just really think that 
instead of tearing each other down, we need to, even if we're not in a position of leadership, we need to help each other and lift each other up. Um, And I really think that starts within yourself so that you can help someone else. You know, I'm not saying you rise above someone else first, but you know, if you see that someone has done something, you know, Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. in your, your workplace, or if you see something that maybe is, you know, something's wrong, that you see that's maybe happening towards someone else, not necessarily towards you, maybe support that person, you know, definitely be supportive for sure. Yeah, exactly. So we all have our own experiences as to, you know, why we think it's so important, but why, why do you personally, your thoughts and your opinions and how your life has gotten to this point, like, why do you think it's so important that we have women in positions of leadership? I think it's probably because as a woman, I want to feel heard and I want to feel seen. And as a woman, we all like, there are some experiences and challenges that only a women go through and only when you have a woman in leadership position will understand that and will address these issues so it's a little bit like it's a little bit like when you have you know a woman in a legislative position she will address concerns and men will not do and we have seen it in the states especially like with the whole abortion law and things like that like men would not understand what we're feeling so that's why like i feel like when you have a woman in a leadership position she can address all this issues that women go through and I think as a consequence it just instill a lot of confidence and it and it, it applies also for like you know being a president like if you have a female president like uh, candidating for a for the pre- to be to, to become a president then you have a man chances are that as a woman you will vote for for the woman just because you know that she will you know make changes in like come up with policies that uh, that will address the issues that we go through. And the same applies for the workplace environment. And, and all this time, I think men have been making their rules. So things have not really progressed too much. I think sometimes we even go backward with some of the some of the issues, you know, so it, I, it just sucks. Yeah, I mean, living in the United States right now, I will say that I do feel like we are kind of moving backwards a yeah. lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think when you have a woman in, in a leadership role, it just uh, things happen, like they make things really happen. Uh, yeah. They have new policies in place. And I think, I don't remember it was in which country that they have women as a prime minister, I forgot. But when I... <laughs> Was it I in, New, say, Zealand? Uh, in New Zealand? I don't know currently. Um, I can't remember if there is one currently. I know that like Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister of the UK for a while in the what 80s. There was another country, but I don't know if she stepped down. I don't remember. There was another country. I want to say it's New that, Zealand, but I remember. I'll have to look it up, but I'm... I think you're right. I don't know. I'll look it up to be sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, that it, that country, when I looked at it, I was like, this is a good example of what other countries should be. And I'm not trying to like discriminate men and be against men. It's just that we just bring a different perspective because our problems are being addressed and we just make things a bit more equal without disadvantaging other people. Yeah. That's- no, 100%, I agree. And we're not trying to say we shouldn't have men in positions of leadership too. It's just that women also want a seat at the table. Exactly. exactly. We should have a seat at the table. We shouldn't, it should be equal, not one over the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you don't have a seat at the table, you just create your own seat. 
That's how I yeah. feel. Yeah. Well, we, the table's big enough. Like, scooch over. I'm going to squeeze on in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we have talked about so much stuff that I just resonate so much in my heart and in my soul. But I want to ask you some fun questions. Okay, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so I read that you love coffee. I love coffee too. So I got super excited. I was like, oh, she just, my heart, like everything, like I'm telling you, like all this stuff on the page, like I read, I was like, just these, like what, four paragraphs. I was like, we should be friends. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So what, what is your favorite coffee drink? I like cappuccino. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's good. A classic. <laughs> uh, I love cappuccino. And um, my favorite next one is uh, cafe macchiato. Oh, yeah. So good. But it has to be from Italy. <laughs> I, I have yet to go to Italy. Like, that is one of my, like, absolute, like, destinations that I want to go to. <laughs> but I just haven't gone there yet. My husband and I wanted to go there for our honeymoon, but we got married during the pandemic. So oh. that wasn't an option. So we haven't gone yet. <laughs> yeah. Italy, it's good for coffee. You're going to love the coffee there. It's just so good. I cannot explain. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I I went to Finland in May 2019 and I, I had coffee there well every day but I just there's something about the coffee there that was so much better than the coffee in the United States no. and I was like oh it's so good no. I can't I can't bring all the coffee from Finland home with me that's just not an option but it was so delicious yeah. so you, yeah you'll not be disappointed when you go to Italy whenever that day comes you'll be really it will meet your expectations. <laughs> I hope so. Or maybe exceed. That would be, oh, yes. I'm yes. so excited. All right. So I also read that you speak four and a half languages, which I thought was a very interesting number. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are your four and a half languages that you speak? Okay. So the one that it's like one, like one language is uh, Italian, Bengali, English, French, and Spanish is the half. Oh, okay. Yes. I mean... Once you get, I, I feel like once you kind of get one of those languages, like if you have Italian, you kind of halfway there to like French and Spanish. So I've been trying to teach myself Italian and oh. it, it works a little, you know, I, I cannot have a conversation with anyone, but I could like maybe find my way to a bathroom if I went to Italy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a good it's a start. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> uh, you know, I I recognize like they, you know, do speak a little bit of English, but I don't know. Like I might find myself somewhere where they don't speak English. I don't know. No, when you go to Italy, don't worry. On all the touristic places, they speak Italian. Uh, sorry, they speak English. Yeah, I just don't want to be that person. Like when I went to Finland, you know, I researched and they talked about like, oh, you know, most everybody speaks English. But I was like, I don't want to be that person that doesn't speak any Finnish. So mm -hmm. I learned like how to say like, please and thank you. Um, and just like certain words so that I could get, you know, a little better mm -hmm. around. I did have somebody like a couple of people just speak Finnish to me. And I was like, I, I'm sorry, I can't, oh. I don't understand. So I felt a little bad. But but then there was one I did encounter one person that they, um they had said, in perfect English, to my ears, I don't speak English. And I was like, Okay. How? <laughs> that was they've been practicing that for a long time. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it was great. But yeah, so I I'll have to 
check it out in in Italy with the coffee and yeah. I'm just I really want to go. Um, the croissant, don't forget the croissant. Don't oh. forget those. No, no, no. Those are it's something else. Like you have to eat the croissant filled with like cream or pistache. Ooh. There's with Nutella. No, 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 no. Forget about the French croissant. The Italian croissant is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I wanted to go before, but now I feel like I have to go just no, no, no. to Those have a good. coffee and a croissant. <laughs> yeah. you, you come back to the state that you're like, oh my gosh, it does not taste good, whatever you're eating in the States. That's how I felt when I came, came back from my trip from Italy and I was, I was like looking at the croissant. I was like, this doesn't look like the croissant in Italy. It doesn't even taste like the croissant in Italy. I'm not buying this. No, I know. I would have to like learn how to make it in Italy, like to take some sort of like class Classes. or go somewhere where they teach me and then I could make it at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, those are so worth it. They're so worth it, the croissants. Yeah. Okay. All right. Croissants and coffee in Italy. All right. You guys heard it. I heard it. We all need to go to Italy and have these. All right. So. My niece, mine and Heather, me and Heather, Heather and I have a niece. Her name is Lorelai. She asks us all the time, just randomly, a would you rather question. And so sometimes it will just be like a, you know, silly, like, would you rather fly or would you rather teleport kind of question? Um, sometimes it's, you know, a little more thought provoking where, I mean, I say it's thought provoking, but she, one time she asked me, um, would you rather live in your favorite video game or your least favorite get video game? So you're not necessarily like being a part of the video game as you would play it. You're just living in that world, which I, depending on what your video game preferences are, like it could be great. Otherwise it could be really bad. Like if you live in a post-apocalyptic video game, that might be really bad. <laughs> but so we decided that we wanted to ask everyone that comes on our show one <laughs> would you rather question um so it's gonna be we decided to choose a relatively mild one so would you rather be simone biles or beyonce queen b <laughs> that was easy that was yeah. easy yeah queen b, i queen b. i picked simone biles like She's probably like I'm probably the same height as her because I'm very very <laughs> short, and so she's just fierce. And I mean, not that Queen Bee's not fierce. Let me just say that she's pretty awesome. But I don't know. I feel like Simone also has like slightly more privacy than Beyonce it's, might have. So, but both are excellent yeah. choices. I think they're both awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think both are excellent. I think S Simone is a little bit more. Uh, yeah, it's it's she's a bit more reserved and yeah, which I which I really like. But I think Queen B is like Queen B. I don't know. It's like you know, Queen B is coming. She just the queen, literally. Like yeah. <laughs> she she is very fierce. Not oh, that yeah. she, the, uh, Simone is not, but Beyonce, you know, that's one adjective that one of the objective the adjective that will come in your mind when you want to describe her is being fierce. You know, yeah. she is very fierce and bold. That's what I like yeah. about her. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think part of what draws me to Simone Biles as much as it does is in the last Summer Olympics, she like stopped doing her what is it called? Like I don't want to call it performing. I'm a theater major in college, but she didn't like she didn't do her like she just stopped. She's like I can't do this because she wasn't mentally in the space and they mm -hmm. even interviewed other gymnasts and they were saying like look if you're not mentally in the space like you can get seriously injured. Right. So 
she was an advocate for mental health, which is right. uh, very important to me, like for like my own, I do have anxiety. And so mm-hmm. it was really important for me to hear that from someone else. Not that I feel any kind of like shame or mm-hmm. anything like that around my anxiety, but like for someone on such a large stage to talk about that, I think that's really important for people to see. So I, I think I connect more with her than I do Beyonce a little bit, but Beyonce is still like, I mean, she's Beyonce. She's the queen. Yeah, she's very confident. Very, she's very the confident. queen of the US, right? Yeah, yeah, oh my God. When I saw, when I watched her performance, it was with, uh, with who was it? She did a performance for uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Um, it was a couple of years ago. It was Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and I think Coldplay. Okay. She, okay, Bruno Mars, I have nothing to say because I love Bruno Mars, but I feel like she just ate the stage. That's how good she was. Like, I believe you. Like, everyone rises when they see her there. You know, it's like she just has so much power. I've heard she has a presence. Like, there's just a presence that you just know when she's there. Yes, she has a very big, big presence. That's so important, I think, when you are like, yeah. It's, it's good whatever like that that is good because i'm actually reading a book about present so, <laughs> 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 so yeah. No, yeah all right is. well thank you so much for being here and talking with me about all of this stuff bringing a a level of female positivity is something that heather and i really feel passionate about and i feel like you exude female positivity and just positivity for the world and we love it So (laughs) thank you so much for being here and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that interview, Becky. I I found Ormi to be very insightful and really uplifting as a person. Like the way that she wants us all to mentor each other. You know, the, really when she was talking about combating that tendency to have a scarcity mindset of being like, there's only so much room for women at the top, is if we're all mentoring other women to bring bring them up with us giving other women a hand up was probably the biggest the biggest takeaway i got from all of that was just we a rising tide lifts all ships and if we help each other up um everyone does better yeah absolutely i want to clarify so the infographic that i talk about in the interview is on their website and again i'll put that in the show notes um the website information but if you have a chance go to their website regardless of where you live okay go Mm -hmm. to the website and check out that infographic it's the bridge to gender equality the infographic has so much information in it and it's so small but it has such profound information when i first read it i was like this is me right i i read through it a few times just because every time you pick up a little bit more where you're like oh yeah this there are certain statistics that stand out initially because they just resonate with you you're like i've definitely experienced that i've experienced the workplace discrimination i've experienced things like this but then other times you're like man is it really that common unfortunately it is it's so sad and you know that's something that they're working to get better like they're hoping that that's you know like Urmi said that that's their goal is to bring the women up so that 50 percent of the leadership is women so right because yeah when we have equal representation representation matters more than people realize i think because when we see somebody else 
that looks like us, that, you know, feels like us. We relate to that person. We feel that we can do the things that those people do. It's not yes. about when, when people talk about representation in, in leadership, it's not just about that women make policy differently than men do, which is 100% true. But it's also about raising other people up. Agreed. I, yeah, I don't think there's any more to add to that. I think, yeah. Absolutely. I had so much fun talking with her, with Urmi. She's like, her personality is like, even just through the screen, right? Like it's mm -hmm. huge and always smiling. She was just, has such a big personality. And like, if ever I get to meet her in person, like I'll be so excited and happy because I feel like, you know, she was talking about in the would you rather question, she wanted to be Queen B. I feel like <laughs> she already has like a presence anyway. So I think, yeah. She could so absolutely, amazing. she could slay. Yeah. <laughs> I think she already does. Like, let's just be well, honest. Yeah, like, let's be real. Come on. Yeah. And then, anyway. you know, if I ever, if I'm ever in her neck of the woods, totally want to grab Ooh. lunch with her. I'm sad that I never got to actually talk with her aside from email. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll just have to contact her and make it happen. We'll just figure it out somehow. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. All Maybe right. we'll have her back on and we can talk about her, I don't know, something else. Like her travels or I don't know. She's a... Or just, just shoot, shoot the breeze. Just talk about random things. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to a new piece that we haven't done before. Yes, um, speaking about things with random people. Yes. So Heather found a question that was asked to Reddit. I'll let you tell because you found yes. it. So there's a there's a subreddit um, called Big Sister Advice. It's not a very popular subreddit. There are 113 members. It's not it's not a big place. It's not super active, but there are people posting on this that genuinely want someone to let them know what to do here, what's going on. And it's uh, because it's big sister advice. It's usually younger people, generally young women. So teenagers, 20, 20 somethings just going, look, here's what's going on in my life. Can someone tell me what to do? And I thought since we're the sister element and we you know, want to help give sisterly advice to our listeners, we we can uh, be reaching out to random strangers on the internet too. Absolutely. All right. What so is I'm it? Going to, I'm going to read this aloud. So forgive me if my stumble over certain things. It's a little bit running things together, but I'm going to read it as it's written. It says, I really, with a couple R's, I'm guessing a typo. I really need big sister advice on a friend. Hey all, can I get some advice? My friend and I have known each other for 16 years since we were six. And lately it seems like she's been flaking on me anytime we're supposed to hang out, especially since she's gotten married. She got married in May of 2021 before her husband deployed. They were high school sweethearts. And in the nine or 10 months that he was deployed, she spent a lot of time with me, which was awesome. And she kept saying that even though she was married, our friendship wouldn't change and she would still make time for me. When her husband got back last year, they moved in together at her parents' house and started living their married life, so naturally I gave her some time to get adjusted, and I was understanding to the fact she wouldn't be able to hang out all the time. Her husband was finally home. So naturally, occasionally we'd hang out and go about our business, even if it was running errands for her or literally hanging out in the parking lot eating carne asada fries and listening to a podcast. 
but lately it seems like she hasn't been wanting to hang out with me that often anymore. We've been trying to plan a day to hang out, so last, re last week we agreed we'd hang out today, and we were planning to get brunch and go get permanent bracelets together. I'm assuming, like, tattoos. I sent her a text yesterday to confirm, and she didn't respond until today with, Hey girl, I'm sorry, I have to take my phone to get fixed because one of my back cameras broke, so I don't know how long it'll take. Which I understand, so I responded, we can go out later today if she wanted, but she hasn't responded to that. I understand that stuff happens, but it seems like something is always going on with her. But then I see her posting on her stories, hanging out with other people, and this has really started to bug me, because I know the minute her husband deploys again, she's going to be reaching out to me to hang out. And what's even more irritating is that we've been trying to hang out since December. If this was a one-time thing, it wouldn't bother me, but it seems like this is constant with her, where something is always coming up. Honestly, I think the last time we hung out was in September when she was looking for a dress for the Marine Ball. I just need advice for this whole situation. I've considered her my best friend since we were six, but now I'm questioning it. And this was posted a while ago. This was in November, or not in November, it says nine months ago, so I, whenever nine months ago was. So when when they say September was the last time they hung out, it's been several months, not recently. So that's uh, a tough one. It is. It, it is tough. And as a big sister to a username Spooky Little Spook, it sucks. I've been there. I've been the one whose friends ghost them for their new husband or new boyfriend or whatever. And it it hurts, but you guys are also at a time in your lives where a lot of things are going to be changing. I don't, I'm not saying that marriage is automatically going to make someone prioritize that over their other friendships, but it often does happen. And it's not necessarily good, bad, right, or wrong. People just get excited about new relationships, regardless of how long they've been together before marriage is exciting um, and demanding. You know, there, there are expectations that come. There is also, I know that at 22, you hate to hear it, but there is a little bit of maturity that's lacking in that aspect too. My experience has been the younger people are when they get married, the more likely they are to end up prioritizing their spouse over their friends to an extreme degree. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, Becky. I will say that as a, I am both a big sister and a little sister. Mm -hmm. That's one of the perks, I guess, of being a, a middle child. I have experienced having friends or what feels like my friend ghosting me my old school days would have called it ditching but mm -hmm. whatever this whatever is 2023 term. we're ghosting now <laughs> yeah we're ghosting i still revert back to my ditching whatever anyway whatever terminology you want to use um i have experienced that but i also have experienced the other side of that where maybe when i started dating my husband i kind of pulled away from other relationships and maybe prioritize that more. Each situation with each person is going to be different. I'm not one of those people that goes and I don't have like a, a big social life. I don't want to call myself a couch potato, but I'm, you know, I'm not going out and hanging out with a bunch of people, but I, I get that it hurts. But I would say maybe ask your friend about this. Like, ask her, 
hey, I feel like, and, and make sure that you present it from a feelings point of view and not an accusatory point of view. I know it's so easy to do this, to say, you ditch me, you bail, you go and hang out with other people and this and that. Make sure to say it from a I feel point of view. And I know that seems so cheesy and whatever, but it's going to make a difference between, you know, not knowing her, but maybe knowing how I react as if somebody were to say, you, Becky, did this instead of saying, hey, Becky, I feel like you did such and such. It's going to put somebody on the offensive. Right, right. They're going to get defensive about it. They're going to get, I'm sorry, get defensive and they're going to feel attacked rather than come at it from an understanding point of view. So that's the first piece. And I would that about what's happening and that just express how you feel. And I know that can be super hard and super scary particularly with the aspect of rejection. Rejection is always scary regardless who it comes from. Right. And to add to the I feel thing is to take it a step further is saying I feel like you have is almost the same as, you know, if I say I feel like you are ignoring me is almost the same as saying you are ignoring me. But if you say I feel ignored, that is a that is a fact you feel ignored and that cannot be argued i feel ignored i feel left out i feel and identify what your feelings are not what you think the other person's actions are and that is the the top thing when you are approaching this saying this is how i feel because other people they don't make you feel a certain way you feel the way you feel and that just is and right. the actions trigger those feelings but they didn't make you feel and that's a really really difficult thing to do even sitting here i've got you've been friends with uh, with this person for 16 years i've got 16 more years on top of of uh, your current age sounds like you're about 22 and it's difficult for me now sometimes to say I feel rather than you are yes I mean I'm, I'm not that far behind you Heather and so I I agree it's difficult to have these I feel statements it's difficult to express your own emotions because it makes you vulnerable but mm-hmm. what it also does is it opens up for better communication and maybe your friend really isn't meaning to do this and I, I have have a theory about why your friend may want to spend that time with you when her husband is deployed. I don't think it has anything to do with that all the other times she doesn't want to hang out with you. I think it might have to do with specifically during those times she feels she might be more feeling more vulnerable. She might be feeling lonely. And so she can feel those feelings with you where she can't necessarily do that with her other friends that she is hanging out with when her husband's there. You are a safe and comfortable person for her to be with when her husband's not around. Uh, Assuming, you know, obviously we don't know you. We don't know what your relationship is like. These are just theories. Mm -hmm. Purely looking in from the outside. Right. It could very well be that that's why she spends more time with you when her husband isn't there. And as, as much as it can suck, every relationship has ebbs and flows. There are going to be times where... And this isn't to say that your relationship, your friendship with this person isn't going to survive because it could very well. It could be that once the newness of the marriage has worn off, that you guys will find a a routine that you can settle into. It may not be as often as it used to be, but maybe it'll be, you know, once a month. Maybe you'll have to do like Becky and I do where we podcast together so that we have a chance to talk. Yeah. <laughs> 
been and we've been friends for a lot longer than 16 years. Yeah. To add on to that though, I think the 22 in your early 20s that is such a crucial age because you're starting to find yourself not only as an adult and trying to navigate adulthood, which let's all be honest, like is not what it's cracked up to be, like really. <laughs> Point being is that that it's such a crucial age of not just navigating your life as an adult, but you are also finding out who you are without Mm -hmm. being your parents' child, a high school student, a college student. You are finding your identity without all of these other things piled on top of you. Yes. So it's so important. So in this, she's getting, you know, she got married and I'll say young because in your, I mean, I don't know the average age of marriage anymore, but I was in my 30s when I got married. And I was in my late 20s when I got married. Getting married, in my opinion, getting married in your early 20s is young developmentally speaking, that's what happens in your early 20s. You're still trying to you figure out who you are as an adult. So I think there might be some aspects of that involved in there too. Because she's she's settling into her identity as a wife in a, you know, and she's still living with parents, it sounded like, right? With her parents, his yeah, parents. Yeah, I would say that they moved in with one of the parents Mm-hmm. And, and her parents so says. there's a lot of compounding pieces here so she's learning how to be in a married life learning how to be an adult living with your parents that's a whole other challenge all on its own oh yes <laughs> learning how to be an adult learning her own identity outside of all of these other labels that she has the best advice that i can give is to just talk to her about it tell her what you need from her tell her what you want tell her what you need from the relationship i'm rooting for you i really hope that there's a solution and that you guys or a solution a resolution that you guys can come to a resolution where everything comes out on top yeah I second that, you know, I second that advice of talking to her, talking about what you need. And then also, you know, once you've had that conversation and have figured out what you both are looking for from this friendship at this stage in your life, because as you well know, what a 22-year-old needs in a friend and what a six-year-old needs in a friend are very different. And so once you figure out what you guys both need in a friendship, maybe come up with a routine. And I know routines sound kind of lame. You feel like it takes the spontaneity out of things. But if you know that every other Thursday is your day, you know, just that evening is your evening to do things together. And that way, her husband knows, her parents know, you know, everybody knows that it is set. And something like that. And that's something that works in all kinds of relationships. That mm-hmm. in in a marriage or any other long-term relationship, having a specific time that is your time, that is you turn off your phones and you spend time with each other, whether it's watching a movie, just chatting, listening to podcasts and eating carne asada fries, whatever it is, it sounds make fun. that, it does, honestly, listen to the sister element and eat carne asada fries. Yes. On Wednesdays. <laughs> and then comment and then Heather and I will eat carne asada fries and talk about it the next day. I don't know where to get carne asada fries, but I will find some. Yeah, I don't know either, but I know where to get carne asada and I know where to get fries. I'll just mix them together if I need to. Yeah. Anyway. So yes, uh, 
spooky little spook. I'm going to actually type up a summary of all of this into the Reddit comments, and I know it's been a while, but I hope that uh, we can be of help to you. Yeah. And if you have any other questions or anything, let us know. We're happy to give you our pieces of wisdom. I mean, it's just life experience. That's all. We just have life really? experience. We've been through those things. Yeah. And, you know, there might be someone else who's got even more life experience who will give, have even more insight into all of this. Yep. So I hope everything works out for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with that, if you guys have any advice that you would like, let us know. I don't know that we'll be experts on it, but like I said, we're experts at being sisters. So, I mean, we'll try. We'll do our best. That's all you can ask somebody. Do your best. So if you yep. want advice, let us know. If you have any questions, comments, drop us a line, say hello. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Like, subscribe. Rate review. Rate review. All those I things. Like, I couldn't, my brain didn't want to put those together. I was like, what is happening here? So like, subscribe, rate, review, comment, click all the buttons, follow us on click Instagram. All them. Click them all. Yeah, all the buttons. Um, <laughs> really don't do that. Like click the important buttons, guys. Don't just start clicking because you're going to cause your computer to lag hard. Right. So I was thinking don't don't hit like delete or skip or things like that. We don't want that either. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so rate, review, subscribe, hit the like button, follow us on Instagram at the sister L elements. Our email is the sister element at gmail.com. Send us your emails, ask your advice, send us your photos of your dog doing something funky or funny or weird or whatever, or any animal for that matter. We want to see it. And thank you so oh, much for yeah. listening. And we will see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye.